0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Savage Gentleman live podcast. We've got a special guest here today. We've got Black Baker, Baker Levitt. Baker, say hi. Hello everybody,
1: happy to be here, Salt Lake City.
0: And so we're actually, we're we're doing kind of a reversal role here. You know, you guys asked for, you want to hear more about the state of manliness, and so all of a sudden, Baker fell into our lap, he's going to introduce himself here a little bit, but... Baker is actually getting ready to launch his own podcast. So we're going to do a role reversal, and he actually wanted to interview me on this stuff. But,
1: Baker, why should we even care who you are? They probably shouldn't. But what's more important is, like, who my friends are. Ah, That's okay. what's interesting. I'm not an interesting person other than the fact that, like, I hang around with really interesting people. And a lot of my friends have been like, hey, who are all these people you hang out with? You've got to do a podcast. You're always doing cool stuff and random stuff. And... So, you know, I just thought it's like, okay, I look at the people I hang around with, they're pretty darn interesting, and why not share that with the world, you know, or my little tiny world, my small, very small world. So, that's what I'm, and I'm going Elk Cunning, I'm um, in Salt Lake City, going Elk Cunning, uh, leaving, breaking out about 3.30 in the morning, and I have a few hours today, so I swung in by the office and thought I'd catch up with you knock guys. Knock out,
0: knock out a podcast, yeah. ready to launch, so you want to yeah. get about... 20 of these in the in the
1: right end before you launch. yeah so when you go on itunes there's a category called new and noteworthy and so what happens is when you first go into that category um it's so you're not competing with the joe rogan's of the world or the meat eater steven rinella's of the world uh podcasts like that so you're judged on how you perform for the first eight weeks gotcha all right, all right. so what i'm doing is i'm going to basically put 20 episodes in the can, and then when I launch it, I'll launch, I'll, I'll drop two to three episodes every seven days. Nice. And so it's, a, it, and then, you know, it'll get the viewership up and hopefully it'll get, if, if if the simple basic math that I'm using works correctly, which it normally does, it should be pretty successful. So when you come out of that eight-week period, which is new and noteworthy, you're ranked according to how you perform there, as opposed to starting at the uh, bottom and that's, with thousands, and that's what helps push it out, yeah, thousands of thousands of yeah. other podcasts. Yeah, like, cool. So you're not competing with like the Drinking Bros, gotcha. You know that podcast, which is just you know it'd be hard to compete with day one. So it kind of uh, levels the playing field a little bit.
0: That's awesome. And, yeah. and then and then uh, Baker actually is he's a prolific hunter. He's actually hunted all over the world, Africa, South Africa, all
1: over Africa, Central uh, America, huge. South America, Africa, all over the U. S. What's your favorite hunt? If you had asked me before April, I would have said duck hunting because I duck hunt about thirty You're days a huge here. fowl hunting guy. I like birds. Yeah. And then I took a couple buddies, took Logan, uh, a couple other friends, turkey hunting for the first time. Oh. And April, in th- this past spring, and it that was pretty remarkable seeing them because you know in, when you're turkey hunting and. You hear the birds gobbling before the sun rises, and you're sitting there in this blind with someone that has no clue what they're what to expect. Yeah, it's pitch black dark, and you're not no phones. You don't want to bring the light in. You're just sitting there, and all of a sudden that first gobble kicks off, and they're like, "What the hell was that?" I was like, oh, "That's a gobbler, man." Was a sasquatch. Then, yeah, that's a gobbler. <laughs> and then, like, when as when you and you're calling when it works out right, you know the birds start coming in, and you can hear them getting closer and closer because you're interacting with them. You're are yeah. ta- so, in nature, when a male turkey, a gobbler, gobbles, the hens come to him.
0: Ah, uh, I got gotcha. And can you shoot the females and the males?
1: In some states, in the fall, and the spring, no. You don't want to shoot them in the spring because they're breeding. Ah, uh, I got gotcha. you. So, a gobble, gobbles, the hens come to him. But when you're hunting them, you reverse engineer it. So, he gobbles, you do a hen call back, um, and he knows that she's, gotcha. not, she's not moving. She's not coming to me. Hold on a second. She's with another dude. I'm about to go whoop some ass. So they come in looking for a fight. Ah. And, and I'll tell you this about animals. It's interesting. Um, you know, everyone talks about how dogs have a sense of smell and all that stuff. What's, what's really fascinating, turkeys have four taste buds. They, they, their sense of taste and smell doesn't exist. However, their sight and hearing is phenomenal. Sense. And what a lot of people don't know about animals is that animals, specifically wild animals, they process sound and sight much quicker than we do hmm. so you like you're like man what what did i just see a wild animals like oh shit let's break out i yeah. know what that was so yeah, but yeah so, I would, here's a,
0: so here's a little known fact did you know that benjamin franklin wanted to put the he wanted the national bird to be the wild turkey absolutely because he considered the bald eagle i mean this isn't a bash against old ben but he Consider the bald eagle just a big scavenger. Vermin, yeah. And so he was like, no, we should have the uh, we should have the wild turkey. Very intelligent, wild, you know, smart animal.
1: If you go to Alaska, they'll they'll tell you they think that bald eagles are vermin. Like they're yeah, just they're wretched. All right. So
0: you guys that are just tuning in right now, we, you know, we've got all of like half a dozen viewers here, so it's awesome. But it's all right. Black Baker here is launching his own podcast. So we're helping him out here on the Savage Gentleman. And so we're talking about the state of manliness. And so for this, this is going to be a Baker podcast. Baker, what are you going to name that thing, your podcast? So the guys that are watching this, because this will continue to chug along.
1: My initial name was going to be The Panic Room, which I love. But a couple of people were like, that's kind of stupid. You should call it unapologetic. And I was like, why? Because you're kind of an asshole. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. So we'll figure it out. I haven't. So look for <laughs> look for both of those. You're going to launch. You're getting
0: ready. How many of you got in the
1: can right now? Uh, about 15.
0: 15. So you're and this will be 16. Yeah. So you're almost
1: there. Yeah, I should have them all knocked out by I would say next Friday. So I'll, I'll, I should put an elk on the ground this weekend, and then once that's done, I'll just be here in the office the rest of the week. Got it. So, so so
0: Baker, mm-hmm. you're a you're a big CrossFit guy. You've been in the uh, energy drink business. You're all over the you're all over knowing people and stuff. When we talk about like the state of manliness here, like you see it with CrossFit and you're a power lifter, you're a collegiate power lifter, right? No,
1: I played football in college played in my football first two years and then soccer in my last two. And then I had my shoulder rebuilt in 2012. So I graduated college at 185 pounds, I'm 237 right now. But after I had shoulder surgery, my range of motion was just completely trashed. Yeah. So I've always been like genetically like strong, you know, I kind of gained strength quicker than most people. So I just got into powerlifting and then started looking on the USAPL site and noticed that some of the, the state records in Georgia and Washington, where I live now is Washington, were pretty attainable. And I was like, that's not that much. And then I was like, well, shit, now I'm 40. So I'm a master. And well, God, I can hit that lift in a warm up. So I went and set a couple state records in Washington and powerlifting. Nice. And then, so but I, I, I I'll tell you, it's interesting. Like, I've been training for this, up, for this fall, elk hunting and stuff like that in the mountains and hiking and getting you know, turning fat into muscle. And I haven't lifted heavy in eight months. I've just been hiking and dragging a sled. And so what I learned was hiking, you know, posterior chain, it's, hamstrings yeah, on the and, and I haven't had more than 405 pounds on my back on a squat in eight months. Just haven't been lifting heavy at all. And I went into the gym Saturday morning or Sunday to work up to a heavy single and i smoked 505 like it was nothing and i've never been more shocked in my life i was right. like you know what holy i found shit. is
0: as you get older it's actually if i take periodic rest periods some some of some of you would say you get lazy and you know and stuff but i like to call them periodic
1: rest periods Six months on 6 months off yeah, that's six what i do. Months <laughs> on
0: 6 months off get on the seafood diet if you see it eat yeah. it but um but i found actually like a lot of times i come back Almost if I, especially if I do, I switch, you know, I go powerlifting, and then I'm like, ah, you know, I see the, you know, the squirrel and I start doing something else. Hiking, walking. Hiking, yeah, walking. Yeah, Getting your heart rate up. And yeah. all of a sudden I come back and I'm like, man, I'm just as strong or stronger but than I was before. It's
1: because all those little micro tears in your muscles, when you take Get a it chance with, to heal, everything heals. Yeah. Now, and what's interesting is like when yeah. you come back that first day into the gym to lift heavy, you're like, oh man, I feel great. And you're like, oh, I got this, man. I hadn't skipped a beat. And then two days later, you go back in. You're like, man, shit. Everything catches up to you at that yeah, point. You're like, yeah. man, I'm losing it. But
0: yeah, so state of manliness. What do you think? Where where are we at? You know, we're we're I'm about seven years ahead of you in age, but from the time you know, you see like the snowflakes and all that. What where are we at? And what can we do about it? What do you think?
1: Uh, so I used to get very wrapped up in stuff like that. Like I would, you know, think like I I my brain is very mathematical. It's it's either right or it's wrong. It's one or zero. It's very binary. Yeah. And I used to like just stuff like that would piss me off. And then after the election in November, you know, and I'm, I don't want to get, I'm not trying to get political, but I, I, that was where I really learned a lot. And he who makes the most noise on social media is usually the weakest. Yeah, interesting. That's and an so, interesting way to think about yeah, it. Yeah. And, and so I, I look at, I, I think that like the, the state of manliness um, People just kind of, like, started blocking out that white noise in these, oh, it should be this way, it should be that way, my feelings this, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And they just went about their business. Yeah. And it's like, instead of, like, engaging or trying to argue with these people, it's like, eh, screw them. I'm never going to convince them to think the way that I do. They're never going to be like me. I'm never going to be like them. I'm just going to go out and mind my own business and do do my thing.
0: So do you think there's been, like, a fundamental shift, you know? We like to pick on, like, the Clinton years where everything, like, PC, politically correct, like started during the Clinton years. I would argue back in the '90s, you know, and, and we like to say like the feminization of of the male gender in the United States. You think, hey, do you think there's been a fundamental? You think we're seeing the shift
1: come no, back? Yeah. So I think like with feminism specifically, um, I saw a meme the other day and it said, just because I don't support this, and it was like those feminazis. Yeah. Just because I don't support these people does not mean I don't believe in equal rights between men and women. And I think like this whole feminism movement, the worst thing that ever happened to, I think like equal rights for men and women in the workplace and stuff is actually feminism. Because you, you look at like these these like extreme outliers and they're pushing this agenda and it's like well, you know women should be career oriented and women should be working 40 hours a week just like their male counterparts and doing this and this and it's like well, what about the ones that don't wanna do that? Yeah. There, listen to me. Well, you, but, hold on. you, you there, there is see a
0: backlash, don't you? Or you have you've got the the hardcore feminists all of a sudden are looking down on the women are like, no, I want to be a mom. No, listen. And, and it's like and being a mom. I
1: got to tell you, I my, will, my hat's off to, to moms. I will. I will fight anyone in the world that tells me there's a job more noble on this planet than being a mother or harder. Right. No. So think about this. What is wrong with being a mother and raising kids, raising successful kids? So my mother, my father passed away in 1981. My mother was in grad school, finished grad school The 4.0. I was eight weeks old. My brother was, no, I'm sorry, I was almost five. My brother was eight weeks old. My mother had to play the role of homemaker, breadwinner, and raised two wild ass boys. Yeah. And she did a phenomenal job. And I can think of, well, that's, no, that's debatable. but... Exactly. Well, it depends. It's, uh, beauty's <laughs> in the eye of <laughs> the beholder. But, like, I can't think, there's nothing wrong with that. No. And you, no. Should, you should not drive. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, like, my,
0: my wife, you know, I've got two youngsters, and it's like, I don't think she slept for about three years. Right. Because, you know, one was born, then we got about two years separation between the two. And I'll tell you what, when those boys are sick, Or when they're upset, when they're mad, they don't want dad. As a matter of fact, dad walks in there, and all of a sudden they freak out because they're like, "I don't want you. I want mom." Right. And so she's the one that gets drugged. I mean, two a.m. when they're sick with a sniffly nose. Two a.m., she's the one that's got to go in there, you know, and and cuddle with them and talk them off the edge because they're about ready to melt down at like two a.m., three a.m. And 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 we're talking. This is like, this is like. Every night. Right. I I, I, I was I, I just being in bed sleeping and basically getting disrupted, I was like, holy cow, I'm I'm tired. Right. And I'm not doing anything. Right.
1: It's interesting. Like I th- let let people choose their own path. Don't try to force them into a, a, a box. Don't try to, you know, like like I said, there's nothing wrong with being a mother. Uh, traditional gender roles, that's that's to be decided between the, the, the husband and the wife. yeah, And it's their life, it's their decision. So like Kelsey and I, um, I'm 42, Kelsey's 32. Kelsey is a senior vice president, whatever it's called at a $10 billion tech firm. And she kills it. But I've never like looked at her as like, oh yeah, she's a driven female. No, she's not, that's my girlfriend of six years. She has a kick ass job, she's good at mm-hmm, it. Yeah. And listen, We will have kids one day, God willing, Um, and it's totally her decision, like, if she wants to be a homemaker and, like, a mother, stay-at-home mom, or go back to work. Like, I I think, I don't look at people that way. Like, I don't look at people like, oh, that's a black dude, or, oh, that's a woman, or that's a male. Like, I don't don't identify people that way. Like, I, 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 I don't know. It's like, I think there's a lot of people that think that, like, we just, like, dudes like us just walk around like, oh, yeah weak (laughs) woman no judging
0: No, it's like it's like first of all i don't have time for that yeah i'm walking around with about 15 different things in my head because of right business and life and am i getting enough time with my boys am i getting enough time with my wife am i and holy cow i gotta cut the grass and i mean
1: yeah and like you know like your wife had a i mean what she's accomplished in life is pretty fucking badass yeah we're not going to get into it but like i have the utmost respect for her but i guarantee you if we were to list all of her accomplishments in life and mother was on there. She's going to pick that as her, as her. Oh, without a doubt. Like without that's the, the one thing that she's done better than all the other stuff. Yep. You know. And then, you know, the manliness thing, like, I just view people, like, as my equal until they do something that I say, okay, this dude's better than me or this chick's better than me or this person is beneath me. And I think that um, people just have a convoluted uh, idea in their head of what others are thinking. I think that probably that's probably the best way I could describe well, I think, it. I
0: think it's kind of a I I think it's a kind of a thing is like if you're secure in who you are, you really don't worry about what other people are thinking. Yeah, it's I like don't give a the shit. Only, the only person you really have to stack up to is the person in the mirror and then after that I'd argue your kids and, and, and your wife and then after that you're you know, your extended family
1: yeah, your partners and shit like that and
0: <laughs> Okay, so we're getting we're uh, we're uh, we're getting you we're getting some aid. Hey, Tyler, good to see you on there, Savage gentleman. We're going live. We've got Black Baker here, National Bottle in my liquor cabinet as I wild can't turkey. do Wild
1: Turkey, really. Uh uh-uh. uh I I'm very sorry to hear that. I'm I mean, very sorry to hear we're that. We're talking about the state of manliness. I mean, I it just it's. Well, I, I, but no, I, let me let me give you an example. Hey,
0: So hey uh, Marcos, the topic is, whoops over here, state of manliness, and we've got. Black Baker here, he's coming in. He's getting ready to start his own podcast. You guys want to make sure that you check that out when it gets up. They're going to call it... Um, it's going to be The Panic Room or Unapologetic. I haven't decided yet. The Panic Room or Unapologetic. He's getting ready to launch that. We'll, we'll help launch
1: or help you guys out find that afterwards so you got some cool stuff yeah. to so talk Chris, about. Chris Dew, which I've never even seen a last name like that, D-O-O-W, I think that's a really good point. I think one of the problems is the extreme right and the extreme left. And everybody tries to now, with the way the media is going, is tries to identify you're either this or you're this. Oh, well, no. Yeah. I like to look at each individual issue and then figure it out and make a decision based on that. You know that. what it is?
0: I just had an epiphany. Okay, okay I just check out, this, check out this thought right here, right? I, I'm trying to see which camera we're on. Ah. So that one. Hey, so check this out. Identity politics is like the Duran line. The Duran line. The Duran line that happened in the Middle East. So if you want to look at one of those moments in history, it was the Duran line after World War I. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. OK, World War I, the whole world is going through. We've got massive uh, you know, stuff going on, and we're mustard gassing each other. Millions of guys are dying on the Western Front. All of a sudden, the British and the French do a secret treaty, and they run the Duran line that chops up the Middle East, where we're literally splitting off like. You know, that was the formation of Pakistan, Afghanistan, and India, and chopping all this stuff, which ultimately led to pretty much constant chaos going on in the Middle East. The Duran line. So identity politics is the modern Duran line in politics in the U.S. Because now, all of a sudden, we've got two entities. We've got the left and the right that are trying to separate us. And what are they causing? Chaos. Constant chaos. Constant chaos.
1: Constant chaos.
0: Yeah, Chris, thanks for the epiphany that is, uh, yeah, in our proper groups. Because our proper groups all of a sudden, yeah. Man, I, I'm going to – you know what? That's going to be the next the T-shirt. Duran line. It's going to be the Duran line. There you have and it. And it's going to be the big middle finger. Well, and one know, side, a,
1: one, what, the Duran line, one side put a donkey, the other side put an elephant. Oh,
0: that's even go. better. There you, there you go. go. Oh, 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 we're going to do that. Oh, we're going to do that. So, oh, so its name's Chris
1: Wood, not Do.
0: Oh, so, sorry. Oh, it's Wood backward. Wood Backward. Oh, okay. Huh, sorry, the last name is Crowley Wood.
1: I'm 5-0. Oh. So, so I just put the yeah, backwards so I'm, sideways. you know, I'm, uh, <laughs> Gotcha. The, you hey, know. down with the trolls. Yeah. Screw those guys. So we're guys. talking Art of Manliness. So, yeah, so I'm leaving 3.30 uh,
0: in the morning. No, we're talking Savage Gentlemen. Savage Gentlemen. Art of Manliness. The State of Manliness. Guys. But Art of Manliness, uh, they, they've got some cool stuff yeah. on there, too. The so State so of cool Manliness. Those
1: guys. So, yeah, so 3.30 in the morning, getting up, 4 o'clock, hitting the trailhead, 4 in the morning... And I got a very manly 4.6 mile hike in nice um, with gear and all that stuff. And then uh, we are going to set up camp and then start hunting elk.
0: So with, with ready man, we went elk hunting and, um, and some it was, choice it, it, weapons with some, so, we, some so old military, military weapons. weapons. We were, we were testing some stuff out there, but uh, anyways, shot this elk and, and I shot like a cow yeah. that was down in this draw. And four hours later I looked at Jason. And I was like, They shouldn't call this elk hunting. They should just call this hard work in the mountains.
1: Right. Well, that's so with elk hunting or large, you know, animals like that, the work starts once the animal hits the ground. Oh, my gosh. So they shot a nice bull yesterday, 330 class bull. And they're probably still packing that thing They finished. They got out at 11 a.m. I mean, I'm sorry, at 11 p.m. Whoa. Shot it at five o'clock, six hours, quartering. And so you're hiking out with 120 pounds on your back. You got the meat. Cause that's all that matters. Like I'm, I'm not a trophy hunter. Like I, I, I mean, I'm going to shoot the first legal bull that I see, and and if it's a monster, that'd be awesome. But if it only has like two little spike horns, it's going down. It's getting the good news. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna sling one. So that for me, I'm just going out. And it, for, it's, there's something to be said about going out and harvesting your own meat and doing it the right way, doing it the way our forefathers did, and bringing it home, butchering it, processing it, which is, I think is a lost art. Oh, yeah. The, the curating of meat yeah. and the yeah. cuts and how to prepare it and all that stuff. And, you know, there's a saying, I don't remember who said it, but, you know, our forefathers, like, dreamt of the life that we live. And we yearn for the, the simplicity that, that, that of the life, life that they live. Yeah. And so... um, I don't know. I just, I just, it,
0: I just had this conversation with Jason where we were talking about you know life of yesteryear versus life today, and it's like, what do you, what do you think the difference is? And he's, and he's like, unquestionably, life today is so much more complicated, and so many more levels of stress. Oh on top yeah,
1: absolutely. Of it because, it's, it's a ton of stuff that's just not even necessary. Yeah. I mean, the stresses that we add and we endure and all that stuff. I
0: mean, it's self inflicted. I, I think part of it, you know, Mike was saying right there, he's like people forgotten the gray areas nothing is black and white anymore and an individuals very ready, very rarely fit into a box and i right. would have to i would have to say hey mike michael ford mike whatever you go by Spot hey, on. i think that's spot on you know it's interesting i lived up in portland uh, portland oregon for uh, about three years fantastic town fantastic town and um and i used to walk around i mean we don't talk about politics too much on the show here but I used to walk around and talk to people and I was like, "What kind of what do you believe? What do you think about?" And they'd get done because they're they're unbelievably vote um Democrat. Oh, yeah, there. for sure. And um and, and I get done talking to them and I was like, "You know, you you realize what you're saying, you're a libertarian." "Oh, right. no, 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 I'm a, I'm I'm a, and it's like, "No, you're 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 a libertarian." And I would argue is like as I went through and was studying libertarianism, it's like the majority of people are right in the middle oh yeah and and the overwhelmingly it's like just you know and i think this is maybe what we're talking about this surge of this resurgence of like manliness coming out and saying hey you know what at the end of the day just leave me alone i want to take care of my family i want to do my own thing you know if i I don't need you to harass
1: me because you think that what i'm doing doesn't fit into your narrative when we'll never meet
0: yeah, we'll, like, nev- we'll never yeah, meet. And, yeah. and it's like, and really, I don't have to please you. Yeah. I just have to please my
1: family. Right, yeah. You live in western Indiana. I live in Seattle, Washington. Yeah. Why do you care what I do? So I was in Africa this summer, hunting in Africa. And I get a lot of shit on, online. And it's like, well, let me get this straight. You're from Portugal. Cussing out an American in Seattle for legally hunting in South Africa. An animal you know nothing about, a species you know nothing about. Like, surely... You see the insanity here. I've never been to Portugal. I don't, I don't speak Portuguese, but here I am. It's the, it's the equivalent of maybe we should just be mad at the Portuguese
0: because at one time they were the international colonialists. Right. They were going around colonizing. It's like okay, 200 years ago, you guys were jerks. Right. So I'm going to hold that
1: against you. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah.
0: Like, it's like that makes no sense. That's yeah, ridiculous. it's
1: like we're going to get rid of like monuments and stuff, and like I mean, let, let, let's 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 do it globally. It's <laughs> like, hey, <laughs> you guys were assholes 600 years ago, you bunch of dicks. You know, so people to, are crazy. So Chris says at that point, most people
0: are like that. It's extreme at both ends that pressure people to do the party line. I just wish people would understand that we have vastly much more in common than what we were told. Amen, brother.
1: I agree with that. I think if you look on the fringe right and the fringe left, you remove them. I think the rest of America agrees on 90% of stuff. Yeah. And there's 10% of things that like, you know, like there's some people – that are like one issue individuals like their issue is abortion you know or their issue is capital punishment capital yeah stuff like that like that's fine I I respect your right for that to be your one issue but there's a lot of other stuff going on out there that's really important and and I'm not saying walk away from that like maybe that's your religious belief that puts you there I'm not saying walk away from that but what I am saying is open your eyes to a lot of the other stuff that's going on out there because there's a ton of shit yeah. taking place that's really, really Well, And, and that's,
0: where, that, that's where like we talk to a lot of people and it's like all of a sudden people are getting mad at the police. And that's where I go, that's a fundamental misunderstanding of our system of government. Right. The police are not legislators. Correct. So if we don't like what the police judges are Judges aren't legislators either. Judges aren't legislators. Right. So if we don't like what the police and the judges are doing let's Let's yell at the legislators, right because Congress, if you want to see change, start yelling at your congressman and your senator,
1: Whoa, well, they start bending to the woes. Oh yeah, no you listen, you take a you 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 remove a congressman from office if yeah. his if his base boots his ass and they put another guy in there, wholesale change, which is something that I don't understand how that doesn't happen more often
0: well, because. Because the because I would argue that the media, the Duran line is are masters at deflecting the blame. Right. Well, I tried. Yeah. And my goodness, those police, yeah, that's that's really mean what yeah. they're doing. So blame the police, but don't blame the guys that actually yeah. passed these yeah, BS and, laws.
1: Yeah, and like with the, with the police officers, like I cannot. I love cops. I respect them more than anything. They're right up there with teachers in my book. They're equal with teachers. That's a shit job. It is. No and they're, one, and they're human beings. No one no one calls the cops when shit's going right. Like, you and Aren't be like, hey, man, we're having a good time. Nice hey, we're, AC. We're, we're at the barbecue. Yeah, this we're at we're, nice. it, it, it's everything You guys want to come by? Hey, cops, you guys want to come by and just hang out and have a barbecue sandwich? Never happens. Not ever. The only time the phone rings up for police officers is for shit. And yeah. I guarantee you the majority of the calls they get are bullshit. Yeah. Yet, people expect them to... Operate and act like they're CEOs of Fortune 500 companies like it's like they're human beings. They're not about you know they're not perfect and They're doing a job that and they don't get paid for shit, and they're doing a job that no one else wants to do So like until you have a better solution or you're willing to go do that shut up Yeah,
0: try it. Yeah, I mean that doesn't mean we don't hold guys accountable. I mean the cops make mistakes Granted. How, many cops, there, how there, many
1: cops are there in the, in the U.S.?
0: There's, I think there's like 3 million.
1: Yeah, okay, so 3 million cops. Let's do this thing called probability.
0: Yeah, let's, let's do a little bit of math. Yeah. I mean, are there some bad eggs out there? Yeah. In, but there's I bad mean, eggs
1: there's. in everything. Yeah. There's bad, there's bad eggs in, in Caucasian race. There's bad eggs in the African-American race. There's bad Asians. There's bad everything. There's bad But everything. it's just, the, it seems to me that it's the cops. Like, let one cop fuck up. Out of three million, like, oh, good God almighty, we have a wholesale problem in this country. We will never, we're, oh, my God, we're going back in time. Yeah. It's like, well, let, let, first <laughs> of all, let's, let's let the facts come out. Let's see what the tr- the whole story is, and let's not uh, react on emotion, you know? And I just think it's, if you, it's, people need to give other people the benefit of the doubt a little bit more. Yeah. Well, wait for a little bit more of the facts to come yeah, out.
0: Yeah. And then if somebody screws up, hey, guess what? Drop account- the hammer. Accountability.
1: Yeah. Because, listen, cops don't like bad cops. Yeah.
0: Yeah, That's the last thing they want.
1: Right. Last yeah. thing they want.
0: So you guys that are just tuning in right now, we're going over the state of manliness. We've got Baker Levitt here. He's getting ready to launch his own podcast here, so we're helping him out. We're sharing it, putting this up on The Savage Gentleman to help you guys out, garner a little bit support, give him a, you know, prime the pump, so to speak, and it's going to come out. It's going to be called?
1: Unapologetic or The Panic Room. I haven't decided yet. The
0: Panic Room or Unapologetic. Hey, you guys, what are your thoughts out there? Let us see your comments. Which one yeah, of those which names name do you like, like the best? Because he's he's getting beat up by some of the good idea fairies that are running around here. So uh, let's let's hear it. So Baker, what do you think about what do you think about the younger generation that's that's growing up right now? What are the unique challenges that they're facing? That uh, that that you know that that they're facing with losing their manliness? Risk are they gaining of, it? Risk averse. Risk averse. Yeah, so oh, explain, I think explain there's, that. Let's do that. So you have pure
1: that. risk and you have speculative risk. Yeah. And when we grew up, it was pure risk. As in like, think of some of the shit that you did as a child. Oh, I know. Like like I lived in the woods. I didn't come out of them. Yeah. I mean, ticks, bugs, bu- red bugs, chiggers, Never wore a helmet for to, anything. Or uh, what is a knee pad? You know, and, I mean. Or a knee pad. Uh, or, yeah, none of that stuff. And like, I just remember like making jumps and playing in, like, the ditch, the sewer system. I mean, <laughs> makes me want to gag oh, now. Oh, man. But the things, I, I think that this kind of ties into the the whole opioid thing, um, which we're going to get off the tracks here. But people are so averse to risk, and they're also, I think, in the 80s, was it the 90s when, when we made pain uh, a disease. Oh,
0: that's
1: and interesting. And so that's you look at some people that, there's nothing wrong with pain. Pain Pain is like, it's a, it's a great educator. It's a yeah. great equalizer. You it's know? how you grow. Yeah, it's like, so, and I think that people are so scared of...
0: Because we're talking physical pain, emotional pain, cuts, scratches, broken pain. bones,
1: things like that, you know, like... Um, and, I, and I guess that ties
0: into like everybody back in the 90s. Remember, everybody was getting a trophy and... Everybody got a medal, and the, and nobody got declared a winner or a loser. Or a loser. Yeah. So now all of a sudden, yeah. So all of a sudden, it's like we we tried we tried with this uh, this this vast experiment of removing pain, and I would argue it didn't work out very well for no, us. No hell no. I would argue that we actually, in some ways, we went to the nth degree because kids now are doing stuff. I mean, you've got guys like Travis Pastrana. He's not a kid, obviously. But double backflips on a motorcycle, like when we were kids, it was Evil Knievel. Right. And just jumping over right. a couple of school buses, yeah, so everybody you have, was like,
1: holy cow. You have, you have like the, the uh, adventure sport world, but I think like your average kid, they spend their time inside playing video games on the computer. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with, with games and all that stuff. It's a huge industry, it's great for the economy. However, there's something about being outside. Because I think when, the more time you spend outside, the more, the, the more uh, wisdom you gain. Poison Ivy. Don't like, touch it. Exactly. But if you were to take a, a random pool of 100 kids and ask them what Poison Ivy was, I guarantee know, right you right. none of them have heard of it. Yeah. Whereas when I was a kid, it's like, leaves the three, let it be. Okay,
0: so how do, we, how do we fix it? Boy Scouts.
1: Boy Scouts? Boy Scouts. Okay, ex- expand, make the boys expand on that. Make the Boy Scouts cool again. There you go. And I believe that in my heart. And that's a conversation you and I had yeah. a couple months ago. And you didn't try to drive the point home. You just told me what you were doing with the Scouts. I was a... Uh, I'm, a I'm a big
0: supporter of the Boy yeah. Scouts. I was an Eagle Scout.
1: So one of my best friends, Michael Heil, is an Eagle Scout. Kelsey's father was an Eagle Scout. We, and we've got like five Eagle Scouts here in the Black Rifle
0: Coffee Building.
1: And here is... I will tell you... I get chills talking about this. Here is the benefit of becoming an Eagle Scout. It shows that you are willing to complete a difficult task at a young age. Okay. So let's think about every course and every school and everything you've ever accomplished in your previous jobs. pretty elite shit, right? Yeah. You look at your resume, you put Eagle Scout on there, right? Oh, absolutely. And you know what it did when they looked at that? Okay, well we know this guy has been through the Q course, he's done this, he's done that, he's been through all these schools. Mm-hmm. What's the common theme there? Yeah. He, he doesn't fail. He was an Eagle Scout. I like, how old were you when you became an Eagle Scout?
0: Uh, 15.
1: And when did you start? When Boys, did
0: you, I, I mean, I was a Cub Scout, wee so, Boy Scout. Okay, so you... Like all of my brothers, too. My dad, uh, I mean, bless his heart, he pushed us in scouting. He's a big believer of that all my brothers, I've got three brothers, right. all of us Eagle Scouts.
1: So what does that tell you about you? Okay, he's going to start something. He's going to take it to completion. Yeah, Okay, and then like if which it, which I would argue early on
0: in life is like man that is such a an important lesson. So if we start talking about fixing or helping to fix or encouraging to fix, you know the state of manliness, man one of those things is push your kids to finish.
1: Right, be a finisher. Right. So for me, I grew up. My thing uh, was sports. It was you know I'm from Georgia. Football was life. Um, dad. Played ball. Uncles played ball. I played. We all did. And um, I, I, I got to, uh, when I moved to Seattle, uh, I'm not going to name any names, but uh, there's an individual that's part of my life that is was a really good athlete. And it's like, why didn't he, like, he's a legit, this guy can move, he's a leg- very talented. Like, well, yeah. his, his friends stopped playing their sophomore year, and he wanted to hang out with his friends. And I was just kind of like, I'm sorry. Say that again. Like what? Like no. Like I think you push kids. Kids need to experience certain degrees of pain, and I think they need to under they need to experience certain degrees of being uncomfortable. Yeah. So I remember a couple times my uncle took me hunting, and I froze my ass off, and I was miserable, but it made me a little bit tougher. Yep. You know, I, I didn't get hurt or injured or anything, but it's like I think. You, when when kids start doing stuff like that, getting out, hiking, camping, learning knots and stuff like that, spending time out in the wilderness, away from the creature comforts of society, because society, we as a society are super comfy. Yeah. You don't even have to leave your house to buy shit anymore, man. Like you got Amazon Prime, you know what I mean? You you don't have to leave your house to work. Yeah, I mean you can work. Work from home. I work from home. I like it. You know what I mean? Everything. Work out at home. But if you think about like scouts, like oh nerdy ass boy scouts, tell me one thing. That's that. That's nerdy about knowing how to hike, knowing how to tie knots, start fires, sharpen a knife, shar- th- sharpen an axe, wilderness survival, what to eat if you don't have anything. Like yeah. those are skills that are badass. And,
0: and I would and I would actually argue too. Like you know, citizenship in the community, citizenship in the in the nation, and citizenship in the world. Three Boy Scout merit badges. Like those are those are all around civic lessons that I would argue that. Man, there's sure a lot of people out there It's, that it's need like to it's see like them. the 10
1: commandments. You don't have to be religious to acknowledge the fact that the 10 commandments is a pretty damn decent guideline to follow in life. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like don't kill anybody, don't bang your your neighbor's wife, don't, don't steal shit. Don't steal <laughs> shit. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> my don't, god. Don't bear false witness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't lie, don't <laughs> worship idols and stuff. Um, but I I if my children will absolutely when we have them go that path. That's great. You That's know? great. And then um also, I think that kids, parents need to chill the fuck out because there's no, there's no greater, it, it's, and it's one of those things like there's parallels between hunting and, and society. And like if you, if you were to spend time outside and watch how animals interact with each other, you learn a lot about people as yeah. well. Yeah. And what you learn is that animals are savages, man. Like animals do some crazy shit to each other. But I, I think that children, two kids will get in a fight okay, over something stupid, like a, like a toy over there. Yeah. And then one of them will hit the other one. They've sorted their shit out in 30 seconds. The parents won't speak for 18 years.
0: <laughs>
1: so, I, I, and I, th- I think that, like, like, parents... I've got a lot of parents that don't talk to me anymore. Cause yeah, but it's like, like, <laughs> like, kids can sort their own problems out. Parents don't need to be so protective. Like, let kids go out. And let them make mistakes and let them fail at some stuff. Because w- think about the things that you've done in life that you didn't perform the way that you wanted to it's oh, been yeah. with you forever, never go away, and yeah. it makes you a better person. Absolutely. I don't know anyone that's like hit a hit a home run at every single bat, and that's the thing with life is like excuse me, that's one of my big things with life is let people kind of figure some stuff out on their own yeah. and failure get, failure's not bad, yeah, yeah, fail quickly that I'll say that, fail quickly, get back on your feet, yeah, I mean. Fail, failure
0: is, is one of those things where it's like, I think it was Evan that said one time, it's like, if you've never failed in your life, you're a coward. If you continue to fail, you're a loser. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so it's like, you've got to fail, you know, it's like you've got to fail and fail faster because that's how we learn, that's how we get better, right. that's, how we create, that's how we garner wisdom.
1: Yeah, get, get outside of your comfort zone. And like, so I, I, I've, be, I've been a starter, this is gonna sound douchey, I don't mean it to be. I have started every sports game I've ever, from the time I was a child, all through college and after college. I've started every oh. single game, freshman in high school, started everything. And the things that come easy to me, I don't really remember much about. But I can tell you the things that took more work and I actually had to try to become good at. Hunting is one of them, I taught myself Mm, how to hunt. And I, I hang out with dudes that are like superstar badasses in that realm. And there's a lot of stuff about hunting that to me is very difficult, and it makes me check my man card. I leave my ego at the bottom of the trail. But there are times through that, like there'll be times this weekend where I'm like, man, this fucking sucks. This is, I'm 237 pounds. And my buddy I'm hunting with weighs 100. (laughs) And I'm
0: I'm breathing like a mating elephant. Right, and
1: my buddy that I'm with is 5'4", 130, has a resting heart rate of 42. He's a mountain goat. So there are times, like, we don't remember the easy shit in life. We only remember the hard stuff. Because the hard stuff is the stuff that was worthwhile. Well,
0: I I think Mike Ford said it there best. It's like, my dad always told me it's better to regret something that I've done than to regret something I haven't done. Which... Which I took to mean that life is all about experience, not being afraid to try things. A- a- a-
1: absolutely. Right. And then JRMTG, my parents cannot allow their, many parents cannot allow their kids to have a speck of dirt. I, made mud pie, I make mud pies with my kids. They love to create things outside. Six-year-old daughter is good at catching frogs and lizards. Yeah, I used to catch lizards all the time. You know? And there's parents that are like, don't touch that, you'll get ringworm. Yeah, you'll get warts. Yeah, don't touch that turtle, you'll get salmonella. Biggest lie in the history of parenting you don't get salmonella from turtles damn it if you see a turtle and it's a kid tell them to go pick that damn thing up don't hurt it but pick it up look at it let it go bring it home i mean i used to catch tadpoles yeah all that stuff yeah. you know and i think that's that's the one thing that uh that that we're missing you know And and i think that's one of the boy things. scouts Bo- yeah
0: boy scouts so i think i think the point of you know we've got a little bit of time left on this on this sh- podcast live podcast live show whatever you know I think the point of that is, you know, and the Boy Scouts, too, is be trustworthy, whole, you know, trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, of cheerful, thrifty, brave. brave. clean and reverent. And Emphasis on the clean part. And it's like you want to talk about, you know, if you think about it, raising a kid to be a savage gentleman,
1: you
0: know, hard to find a program that would trump the Boy Scouts. Undoubtedly, there's other stuff that's out there. Oh, but yeah,
1: like the Civil Air Service. There's all kinds of Civil cool stuff. Civil Air Patrol, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's another yeah. moment. But, boy, I'll tell you, that's, that's a good one. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff out there that kids can do, um, and, and I think especially especially now with the Boy Scouts, with all the modern technologies out there—computers, yeah. iPhones, all that crazy shit—like the Scouts will force them to turn these things off. Yeah, and um, live a little, you know, experience life without this. And you know, I, I think about this all the time. How many phone numbers did you have memorized from the time you were? 15 to the time you were like 22 oh I, infinity yeah how many do you have in your head right now Not five. Two. Two. yeah your wife's yeah
0: mine my wife's and
1: right so that's the, about advancements it. in technology are a beautiful thing but at the same time i think that they there it's a blessing and a curse when used properly it is an absolute blessing it makes life a hell of a lot well, easier. well you
0: know what i was thinking today is like you know because we just did we just talked about Skills that you need to survive a hurricane and Fox News was oh, interviewing. We tweeted that stuff. all over the place. And so now when I was driving, I was driving to pick up a cabinet from a guy this morning. I took a picture of the map and navigated my way via the map on my phone right. versus the GPS that you know I didn't have to pay attention. Right. You
1: know what else here this is what else sucks about those damn things. You don't look where you're going. You're staring at your phone, looking at your map, and you're missing all the scenery, especially in Utah. Yeah, I'm so I'm, going, I'm hunting up in Canyon Ranch. Yeah. And that's just beautiful country. It's beautiful up there. And uh, I, I love I driving through that stuff. And it's like, all right, 12 miles. I, I, Baker, you can handle this. You're very intelligent. Put your phone away and just look at what you're doing. Look at your compass on your Pay thing. Pay attention. You know? Yeah. Just li- Life's meant to be lived, man. Live it. Live it. All right.
0: Hey, you guys. We're about out of time for this one. Yeah, we'll do th- another think, one next week. I think week. we hit the high points. We're going to do another one next week. But uh, Baker. Yeah, we'll
1: do one next week. I'll uh, bring in some elk meat and we'll, sh- sh- we'll bring a, bra- a backstrap in. Oh. And we'll show everyone how to clean it and that'd cook it and process it and all that you stuff. You know, maybe we'll set up a little thing yeah. right here and We'll butcher's it. block yeah. and uh, how to get the silver skin off and show people where that is on the animal and all that stuff. Okay. It's a date. Yeah, it would be cool.
0: Baker. And then we'll eat some, man. We're we're wrapping up. Last words, last thoughts, finishing thoughts.
1: This is going to go with. This the, is your podcast, so this is yours. Mine's more about you. Um, I'm going to go with some of these quotes. Life's an adventure. Live it, man. I mean that that's that's really it. You know, and let me. I'll say this. There's 24 hours in a day, and if you manage your time properly, you can really do a lot of stuff. A lot of cool stuff. You know, learn a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's that's it. That's good.
0: All right, Zach. I think that's about it. We'll see
1: y'all next week.
0: We'll see you guys next week uh, for a brand new live podcast. We're going to come at you. With meat.
1: Have a good one.